What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the X's and O's podcast, Jackson Peoples with Matthew Landry. Uh, crazy game yesterday as Alabama falls on the road to Missouri. Um, you know, Alabama got down as much as 22 in the game and then came all the way back, had two chances to win it um, down there at the end, but just couldn't couldn't get it done. Uh, Matt, just – I know we're going to spend a lot of time on some questions today that we got. We got a lot of really good questions. Um and it was kind of a weird game, so not a ton. I don't think you can take away from this game. Um, but we are going to talk about some of it. But, Matt, just what were your thoughts from uh, the first half, what you saw, what was good, what was bad? There was mostly a lot of bad. Um, then the second half, you know, kind of what you could take away from that game. Yeah, so the first half, um, there's really not a whole lot to take away. Keon Ellis played well, and that's it. Um, we weren't taking good shots. We weren't moving the ball. Um, Missouri kind of played defense on us the way that scares me the most. And it's something that we've talked about that when teams trust their individual defenders enough, they're not having to help off shooters like Primo and Petty, like we saw early in SEC play, which gave Alabama a ton of offense. Now teams are trusting their individual defenders if they can, um, which is, and they're like, Missouri has a great center in Jeremiah Tillman. They left him in the paint and said, you make shots at the rim really hard. And we'll live with Alex Reese and James Rojas pulling from three. And that was a successful game plan because they were one of eight from three. Um, so if you want to win a game against a team with good individual defenders that's going to try to force you inside, you've got to have your center step up and shoot threes. It's modern basketball. It's, it's got to happen, especially if they're going to shoot eight of them. So, you know, you hope that whenever Jordan Brunner comes back eventually that he'll be able to kind of alleviate that some. He was shooting really well before he got hurt, so you got to hope that – is going to come back as he gets integrated back into the offense. Um, but in the first half, I thought Keon played really well. He kind of generated the only offense we had. He was really good on defense, as he always is. Um, a lot of the bad came from just poor defense on the perimeter. Um, I actually thought the game plan on Tillman, you know, he got a few easy ones early on. I thought the game plan on Tillman really wasn't that bad. I thought the only thing that Reese could have done a lot better was take away the uh, baseline. I feel like whenever we're digging down over the top, you've got to take away the baseline so he's not going to just drop step. He's, he's too big to where he's going to do it every time. I thought we adjusted pretty well. We kind of took him a little bit more out of it. Um, but the guards, I mean, they let Drew Smith get wherever he wanted to on the court. Um, you can't let Drew Smith go for nine in the first five minutes and 16 total if you wanted to win that game. Um, and that was that was kind of the downfall of the first half, kind of why Alabama got in this hole. And, um, you know, 11 a.m. tip-offs clearly stuck on the road. Um, but in the second half, I mean, we go down, what, 22 points with 10 minutes left or something like that. And mm. me and Jackson are in a group chat with some others together. And Jackson made a prediction that we were going to cut it to eight with four minutes left. And I was like, dude, are you watching the same game I am? Because we've shown no sign of offense. We're not guarding the ball. Um, our offense was generating more points for Missouri's offense than for ours. I mean, we were taking bad shots, which was leading to transition buckets, just self-inflicted wounds with turnovers. I mean, they weren't forced. It was just bad, lazy passes or dribbling right into the hands of defenders, and Missouri's getting easy transition buckets off it. So I did not see any way we'd cut the lead. Then you blink, and we've cut it to 12. It's like, all right, well, Jackson's going to – we're going to cut it right to eight and then give it away, and Jackson's going to technically be right. Well, then you blink again, and we're down one with a chance to take the lead with 30 seconds left. Um, thought that first layup, if Herb's healthy, he probably dunks that. But regardless of being healthy, it's one you've got to finish. Um He's a potential SEC player of the year. You're never going to find me criticizing her very often, but that's one that we he's really got to hit. 
Then the second one, I thought Drew Smith pretty clearly fouled him. But like Oates said, I mean, they, they make the call or they miss the call. It's not going to hinge on that one call. Alabama didn't deserve to even be within one point of this game the way they played. It, it, they didn't deserve to have the refs gift them anything. And let's be honest, they were they missed nine free throws. Are we sure that we were going to hit one of the two anyway? Um, then I thought the look for Shaq for the three was a pretty solid one. Um, I thought the last three possessions were all really good calls by Oates. Um, but I, I, I like the pressure we saw. It kind of blitz Missouri to spark that run. Um, but, yeah, those are kind of all my thoughts kind of jammed in together. That game was just crazy. It's too much to really – talk about yeah it's a lot to process and you know just talk about the first half for a little bit um I don't think Alabama's like you said their defensive game plan was um uh, I don't think there was anything wrong with it I mean Alabama moved from uh third in defensive efficiency to second you know they passed Baylor um you know Baylor if you ever watch them defensively they're ridiculous and it's crazy to you know the Alabama second um in defensive efficiency now but um what lost this game was, you know, that first – the first 10 minutes of the game, Missouri was a lot more locked in. Um, they did hit some really tough shots. Uh, you know, I tweeted some of those clips where I thought Alabama was in pretty good defensive position and, you know, Drew Smith was hot early. But on the offensive end for Alabama, this is their fourth straight game where they've scored under a point per possession, and that's why you see their efficiency rating keep, you know, falling a little bit. Um, you know, I, I have been – a little concerned about that. And, you know, a lot of people have asked some questions that we'll get to. Um, But there was just some, you know, mind-numbing turnovers, Um, you know, just throwing the ball, um, throwing the ball away for no reason, you know, turned it over on back-to-back inbounds, plays under our own basket, um, just kind of going through the motions, um, throwing it away. And that's the stuff that gets you beat on the road. I mean, yeah, Drew Drew Smith fouled Herb Jones. Yeah, you know, I'm pretty pretty confident that he did. But – when you, like you said, when you miss nine free throws, when you miss shots at the rim, when you're throwing it to the other team, uh, you know, giving them unforced turnovers, you don't deserve to win. You don't, especially don't deserve to win on the road against a good Missouri team. Um, you know, Missouri was impressive. Um, they played a lot better than I thought they would. I think they played over their head a little bit, but you know, they had a really good game plan and they won the game. Um, you know, they were just the better team. They collapsed at the end for sure, but <laughs> um, you know, they. They deserve to win the game. So uh, I want to do want to get to a couple of questions um, that you guys had. <laughs> so this comes from at DLove45. Not much of a question, just kind of a comment. He said, need some more designed off-ball action. Half-court offensive light has been all bigs. Doing on-ball screens at the top of the key. Uh, last three looks today were all great actions um, and involved off-ball action. I agree. I think that's something we said earlier in the season, you know, when offense was kind of struggling, was that it was just, you know, yeah, they were spaced out. It was kind of just one guy dribbling, doing the thing. Now I think you've, like we said, with how teams are guarding Alabama, if you can't get to the – if you can't beat your guy, then it, look, it looks bad at times. Um, you saw some rush shots. You saw some really tough one-on-one shots, especially from Shaq. Like, gosh, just him trying to beat his man and throwing up a – tough shot in the paint. Like, Alabama can get a better shot than that. Yeah. Um, and that's what's frustrating right now. So, yeah, I do think that they need to get some more off-ball action. Um, you know, they run they run a lot of this stuff that they're comfortable with. You know, they're, they're running JQ off Iversons. Um, they're running, uh, you know, the ghost screen action they like to run. 
But I do think that they need to get some off-ball stuff going on, like maybe some hammer sets for Herb and JQ off the hand back, you know, maybe like some weak side action to get a shooter free. <clears throat> so, yeah, I would like to see that, Matt. What are your thoughts on that and, you know, some a way that you think that the uh, offense can be improved from a movement standpoint? Yeah, hammer actions were the one action I was specifically thinking of that I think could free up the offense a lot. Um, I, I really believe that we've got to see something more just because, like you just mentioned, if teams are going to continue to guard us this way and we're not able to beat our individual mans, the offense just does not look good. If, if teams are going to force us into a half-court game and we're not going to run some off-ball action to get shooters open and we're just going to rely on guys getting feet in the paint, that it's hard to – trust that in the NCAA tournament when you don't know who you're matched up against this far in advance. Because if you go up against a team with great individual defenders, you aren't going to have to help off shooters. You could run into a lot of trouble. Um, and, I mean, looking at South Carolina, it's a team that I think we're going to beat pretty handily. But they have some really good individual defenders. A.J. Lawson's capable of defending. Keyshawn Bryant's a freak athlete. He's going to be able to stay in front of her better than most guys in the SEC, I feel like. Um, so, I mean, that's – there's going to be games where teams have great individual defenders. And if you're not running any sort of action, it's going to be really hard to get guys like Petty and Primo involved when you're just relying on guys to have to help off them to get them involved, you know? Um, so I would like to see the offense have a little bit better movement. I mean, whenever, whenever we were on that winning streak, you know, a lot of it was just blowing by guys to the rim and kicking to shooters, but there was a lot of good movement at the same time. It was a lot of good extra passes, a lot of good, uh, skip passes to force the defense to move. So I'd like to see, even if we're not going to run actions, just better ball movement in general rather than dribbling the ball around and passing to one and two guys back and forth on the wing in the top of the key. Yeah, and to me, this little offensive slide, it definitely coincides with Herb's um, health. Um, we don't know, you know, percentage-wise how healthy he is. Um, obviously, you know, we're not privy to that information. But it's obvious that he's not um, – who he usually is, um, and seeing as how when Alabama was on their hot streak, um, <clears throat> you know, they were relying on Herb as their main, uh, not so much their main ball handler, but as their main guy to get in the paint and distribute the ball and get to the rim, um, you know, like in the Tennessee game, uh, the, you know, games like uh, following that. And with him not able to do that, it really cuts down um, – on the opportunities for other players. So like we had some questions about, you know, why is Primo not taking more shots? Um, well, it's because less shots are being created. Um, can he get his own shot? Yeah. You know, we've seen him do that against Auburn. Um, saw him do it in the first LSU game. Um, but when the offense isn't flowing like we're used to, um, when the ball's not moving, it's hard for a guy like that, you know, to get some shots. You know, they're not helping off of him because they, he's arguably, you know, our second best shooter right now. Um, and so it's hard for him to get shots. Um, and that goes back to the off-ball stuff. You know, do we need to do more to get him some shots? You know, there's way to create ways to create threes without just driving and kicking. Um, so maybe we see some more of that for uh, Primo and even Petty and Shaq. Um, so, Matt, what do you think about that with uh, what we've seen from Primo lately? I think he's – I think he – did he even take a shot yesterday? Um, no, he did not. You know, he shot 25 one, minutes. One free throw, the front end of the one and one, and missed it. Um, that was the only look he got. Um, yeah, I saw a lot of questions about Primo, and I think it's understandable. I understand the frustration, you know, three shots in the past two games or something absurd like that after he was 
arguably one of the hottest players in the SEC, the way he was playing. Um, and I think a lot of it comes from the way teams are defending us. Um, you know, we've harped a lot about how teams with good individual defenders, they're not helping at all, yada, yada, yada. Um, that's, I think that's impacted Primo a lot because he's not – a lot of Primo shots were wide open catching shoots from extra passes or from her getting in the lane and being able to see over the defense and get there. Um, so that's really hindered the open looks for Primo a lot. He is capable of creating for himself, like you said. We've seen it. Um, so you would like to see him get some looks to be able to create, whether it be for himself or draw the defense and be able to kick out. Um, you would like to see some off-ball action on the weak side, like you talked about a moment ago. Kind of just set some screens for him to free up, come off those screens. Uh, I remember against LSU specifically early on at LSU, for an off-ball screen for him, comes up to the top of the key off a handoff almost, pops it from probably two feet behind the line, nothing but net. He's capable of hitting off movement. So I would like to see that a little bit more integrated for him. Um, you know, Primo's a guy that, you know, I feel like there's so many guys on this team that can drive the team to wins and losses. Like getting him involved is really, really helpful in wins. Um, so I would really like to see against South Carolina and against Georgia this week, getting some more actions for him and for John Petty involved. Yeah. Um, and it was kind of a weird contrast when you go from LSU, I think Alabama scored 52 points in the paint till to Missouri and Alabama shot 30, just under 32% um, from two, 13 to 41. And then you look at Missouri, um, they took one more two, but they made 25. So they were 25 for 42 for 60% from two. When those things are in play with one another, you're not going to win. It's, it's crazy that the game is even as close as it was with that. And when you see is that Alabama didn't shoot the ball well from three either. Um, so Missouri was getting everything they wanted in the paint. That was, you know, that's kind of what we've, you know, we've seen from Alabama that they've hung their hat on defensively is they don't let you get into the paint. But for whatever reason, Missouri was able to. Um, and then Alabama, you know, they were getting some tough one-on-one shots in the paint, like Shaq, Herb, um, you know, pretty much everybody was guilty of trying to, you know, get to the paint and, you know, get a tough shot at the rim. And they were just, you know, they credit to Missouri. They were really good at taking that away from Alabama. You know, when those uh, kickout opportunities aren't there, when you get in the paint, you know, you've got to try to get some of those tough floaters, some of those tough shots at the rim. And Alabama just didn't make enough of them. Um, so that was, that was you know, if you want to take a look at something that's, you know, the biggest factor in the game, I think when you look at points in the paint and two-point percentage for both teams, um, probably speaks the most to uh, what happened. And, um, you know, talking about Shaq, another question said, you know, Shaq leads us in scoring a lot of games but never seems to get easy shots. Is he helping or hurting the offense? Um, you know, I don't – you know, Shaq has been a really good player – uh, for his two years at Alabama. I do think he tries to do too much on the offensive end sometimes. Um, I know you agree, Matt. I think everybody understands, you know, that he takes some tough shots uh, in the paint, you know. You know, he'll get out in transition and try to take on a one-on-three by himself. Um, but I do think that that needs to be reined in a little bit. But I also don't want, I don't want to take Shaq's uh, confidence shooting the ball away from him because, you know, he can make just about any three uh, that he looks at. So I think he needs to maybe take some more threes, cut down on the twos. Maybe, you know, when he doesn't have a path to the rim, you know, kick it out, reverse the ball. Um, so, Matt, what would you like to see from Shaq going forward? And what do you think they can do to, you know, maybe create some opportunities for him? And, you know, how can they make it to where 
Shaq is helping the offense, um, not hurting it? Yeah, so the answer to the question for me is yes to both. I do believe that Shaq helps the offense a good bit, but I also think he hurts it a good bit. He does force the issue at times. Um, so you would like to see maybe it toned down. But like you said, you don't want to kill Shaq's confidence because of the – Shaq's capable of going 9 of 10 from 3 any given game. Um, and it's clear the staff has a ton of confidence in Shaq. They dripped the last play for Shaq um, to try to send it into overtime. Shaq's an awesome player. You know, I don't want to – whenever I say what I'm going to say, I don't want it to sound like I'm just degrading Shaq and the player he is. But at times – you mentioned it earlier. There's a lot of times where Shaq goes to the rim and kind of throws it up. We're capable of getting better looks than that. You know, a stat I was just looking at just a second ago. So our centers were one of eight from the three-point line. The rest of the team was eight of 17. So they were just under 50% from three for our wings and our guards. So it's not like we weren't capable of knocking down threes when we had them. It was more Missouri's not helping off shooters because we're not creating. And a big part of the not creating is, is whenever we're getting feed in the paint, Shaq was the main one getting there yesterday. So that's the only reason I'm bringing him up. We're forcing layups that – we're either going to have to get bailed out by a foul, which the refs aren't going to call the majority of the time like we've seen, or you're just going to have to hope you get lucky because otherwise when you're playing Jeremiah Tillman, it's going to get blocked. It's going to be altered to where you have no shot of hitting it. So I thought that killed the offense at times yesterday. But the flip side of that, Shaq's the only player getting to the rim. If Shaq's the only player getting to the rim, it's hard to criticize him too much because no one else is doing it. Um, so you'd like to see him maybe look more as a passer whenever he's getting feet in the paint because he consistently gets there. Um, he can be a bit out of control at times at the rim, so you'd like to see him a little bit more controlled. He got a little bit better of that as SEC play went on. It seems like he's kind of reverting back to the way um, he was now. Um, so you'd like to see him maybe look a little bit more as a passer, which is something that we don't see a whole lot from Shaq just because of the score he is. Um, but I think that could open up the offense a good bit with his ability to get to the rim. Yeah, and part of it, you know, he's he's pretty shifty, um, but he can get into the paint. You know, he's got a knack for, you know, being kind of slippery, um, getting past his man. But it's just – I think it's his physical limitations more than anything. You know, he's only 6'2". Um, he's not the most athletic guy. Um, he does, he is kind of crafty around the rim. But, um, you know, he just – he doesn't have the size and the strength, you know, to be effective in the paint in the SEC. You know, guys are big, they're strong, they're athletic, they're really physical. So I think that's the biggest thing. You know, Shaq just needs to realize, you know, pick his spots. You know, when he's got a man that he can beat, you know, you know, go take him to the rim. If it's not there, you know, if you don't have a shot at the rim, you know, kick it out, you know, and then go space for a three. Um, you know, they need him to be able to drive the ball because that's what Alabama's offense is built around. Everybody's got to be able to drive the ball. But you've got to pick and, you know, you got to pick your spots. You can't be um, – so aggressive that you're taking bad shots in the paint and hurting the flow of the offense. Um, and kind of coinciding with that question, um, someone says, how do we cut down on the bad uh, four shots we continue uh, free and fast play? Um, to me, you know, I think Alabama's been pretty good at this. You know, they've, they've taken just a small step back in tempo, um, but not a ton. But I think they, they take good shots for the most part. I mean, you know, we talked about how, you know, hopefully this gets better with Berger coming back, but whenever Reese or Rojas or Gary were setting ball screens, um, you know, and picking and popping or fading to the three-point line, Missouri was putting two on the ball and forcing that ball to go to Reese and Rojas. And like you said, they went one of eight from three combined. Um, you know, Bruner's not a great three-point shooter, but he's 
I think he was like 32 or 33% before he went down. Yeah. Um, you know, maybe that'll help out that because right now they're, they're not having to guard those guys. You know, I think of Reese as a shooter, but I mean, he's percentage wise, he's been bad this year. I mean, it's plain and simple. You know, I don't want to go after Reese. Um, I didn't think he, I don't think he was terrible yesterday. Um, but you know, that's just the truth of the matter. You know, they're getting the ball out of the ball handler's hands and making Alan beat them with their five men shooting the ball and they weren't able to do it. Um, to kind of get back to that question, you know, I do think that they um, are getting good shots. You know, they're, they're just not able to get to the rim right now. And they're not able to get those uh, driving kick opportunities because the way people are defending them. And I think they got to kind of go back to the drawing board and, uh, you know, find ways to manufacture shots. So Matt, what do you think about that question? Yeah, no, I think what you said was perfect. Um, I really don't think the shots were that bad. Um, you know, recent Rojas, one of eight, like we mentioned from three, but most of the threes were open. Like you said, they were doubling down inside, forcing you to kick out to your center. I do think when we get Brenner back, not even necessarily that he's going to hit a ton of shots, but he's so smart at, you know, taking two extra dribbles and he's going to kick out or whatever it may be with him. I feel like he operates the offense so much better rather than just settling for the three when it's there. Um, he's, he's a key guy passing up a good shot to force a better shot. Um, so I thought the offense was a lot better when we were able to kind of run through him as a passer. Um, so I think whenever you get him back, I think it alleviates a lot of the, the bad shots that we do see at times. But really, I think the biggest thing with Alabama whenever they do take bad shots is, is just because of the rushing things. You know, once Missouri kind of blitzed them yesterday and they went down, it seemed like they kind of panicked, and that's when they started shooting some of the worst jumpers that they took or some of the worst passes that you saw. Um, when Alabama controls the pace and they kind of control the way the game is being played, they play a lot smoother. They play a lot better. Whenever Alabama gets blitzed early on, we, they struggle. Once they settle in, they're fine. But they tried to rush a little bit too much and never really got settled in, which I think is why we saw some bad looks early on. You know, I think there was one in the first half where JQ pulled up from mid-range and Jeremiah Tillman had a Herb Jones block into oblivion on him. Um, you can't settle for things like that just because you're rushed. You have to always still be looking for the best shot you can get each possession. And that's something that I think I, I'd be willing to bet the staff's addressing that right now. So I do think we're going to see that improve. Yeah, you know, a lot of questions were, you know, what's up with the offense? You know, how can we improve the offense? Um, a, get healthy. Um, you know, I think that's the biggest thing. You know, this isn't a new way for teams are defending Alabama. Um, you know, you know. I think early on, early on, trying to trying to prevent those driving kicks. Drive kicks. Um, but now, you know, but now you're helping all the shooters. shooters. You know, I yeah, do think Alabama is still going to be successful. You know, I think they get guys that can beat their man off the dribble. But right now, with her the way he is, um, not being entirely healthy, um, that's really hurting things. But you know, like we mentioned earlier, they need to try and get some guys involved early. You know, get you know, run some stuff for Petty and Primo early in the game uh, to get some shots. Um, you know, run those. It's crazy, though, when you see, like, when we run some of those actions instead of just, you know, coming down um, and setting a high ball screen or just isolating and spacing. Um, like, when we run those handbacks, you know, it almost always gets Herb either, you know, to the rim or fouled. Um, when we run ghost action with uh, Herb and Petty or JQ and Petty, it almost always gets Petty a three or um, – JQ would drive for the rim, or even if, you know, he hits Petty on it 
and Petty doesn't have a three, but he pump fakes, and then he gets into the paint, you know, that's how you create the offense. So that's what, you know, we see with Alabama, you know, you're not going to see Alabama come down and call a set every time. You know, that's not how – that's not Oates' philosophy. You know, and not saying that's right, not saying that's wrong, but has it worked for Alabama? Like, yeah, I mean, they've been good offensively. They've been great offensively at times. You know, everybody knows that. But, you know, they just – I think they need to be – make a concerted effort, you know, to run some more actions to get – you know, then initiate the offense. Um, just, you know, try to get the off- the defense on their toes early in the possession. Matt, what do you think about that? Yeah, no, I completely agree. I do think that that's where we saw Alabama's best source of offense come from, especially with the ghost screen action like you were talking about. It seems like that ends up with – if it's not a bucket, it's a really high-quality shot just about every possession that we run it down. Because, um, like you said, Petty's a high-quality shooter. If he's going to rise up and take it, you're going to have faith it's going to go in, and it's normally a good shot. And when defenses pressure up on him, he's really good at pump faking and driving whenever he's capable of handling the ball. Um, there's still times where he'll turn it over at times, trying to dribble in between defenders, but I think that's been cleaned up for the most part. Um, but whenever we run, you know, they're simple actions, but they work and they're effective for Alabama. So I think we need to see a little bit more of those actions consistently rather than some ISO ball, just hoping that we get to the rim and kick. Because I think we've gotten really high quality shots from running these actions that you mentioned. So I, I would like to see going towards there a little bit more, um, beginning with Tuesday and on through the rest of this seven-game stretch to close out the season um, and maybe throw in some new actions as well that maybe we saw last year. Maybe we saw them early in the season. Um, so I, I think that Oates is going to the drawing board here, and I think that him and his offense coordinator, Petway, I think they're going to do a good job at uh, kind of cleaning this stuff up. I know that they're working diligently on it, and I trust they're going to get it going again. Yeah, and, you know, you saw at the end of the game how, you know, Oates knows how to create an advantage for his guys. You know, that's yeah. Some coaches' philosophy is, to, you know, to run, you know, a certain kind of offense, you know, whether it's like a continuity, a motion offense, or, you know, to call sets half the time. But Oates is just trying to, you know, his philosophy is you're going to run one action to create an advantage for a player, um, you know, whether it's for a one-on-one um, or to exploit a certain mismatch. And you saw at the end of the game, you know, they ran that um, – sideline out of bounds play when it was when Alabama was down by one um, and they threw it into Herb at the elbow um, and they ran, I think it was petty off kind of like a fake handoff. Yeah. And, you know, it's, it's a play that the Warriors run a lot for Draymond, you know, whether it's mm-hmm. Steph or Clay coming off, um, Draymond will fake that handoff and then turn and go to the rim. That's what they, you know, they ran that for Herb. thought that was a really uh, well-designed play because yeah. Missouri was definitely cheating over the top, trying to take away, the handoff for the shot. Um, and then the play after that, they kind of ran like a little, I think it was, I need to watch it again, but I think it was kind of Herb faked like he was going to set up all screen and then kind of slipped to the rim. Um, you know, that worked too. You know, they got a nice look at the rim, you know, got fouled, of course. But um, And then the last play was kind of kind of like the Bryce Drew uh, yeah. play from Valpo. Um, kind of similar, not the exact same. Um but that was a nice action too. You know, they, I think Mizzou wanted to foul. Um, and that was a really nice, uh, well-designed play to, to prevent Mizzou from being able to foul. Um, and they got, they didn't, you know, Mizzou played it well still. They didn't get a great look. Um, but it, I thought it was a well-designed play. So Oates knows what he's doing. You know, I think he, they're going to try to, you know, find some ways to 
create some more advantages for the offense. Um, but yeah, I think I'm, I'm not worried about that. I think that um, a once some guys get healthy, um, you know, and they're able to be at full strength, I think you'll see Alabama. I think this offense finishes inside the top uh, 25, 20 in offensive efficiency. You know, they're 33rd right now. They've fallen a little bit with the past four games, but I'm not entirely worried about that. I think that they'll round into form. Um, another question, should we press occasionally to get the tempo where we want it to be? Uh, Bama's much better when they attack versus running half-court offense. Um, this is interesting. Matt, why don't, why don't you take this question first? Yes, yeah, so this is one when I saw it last night. I really had to think about it because my first answer is yes because you saw how successful it was. You know, something I've wanted to see kind of all year long. We've got so much length and athleticism. Guys like Keon, Herb, Primo, um, Petty. They, you can jump passing lanes, really blitz teams hard with it. Um, but as our good friend Storm pointed out to us yesterday, Oates did say on a podcast earlier this year that he did run with this tempo and press whenever he was in high school and then went 500. So he back to the drawing board and went away from it. So the, I think the answer is yes and no. You'd like to see it incorporated some. But it's also just going to depend on the personnel you're playing against. If you're playing against a really smart team, you're not going to want to blitz hard because then they're going to make easy passes and kill your press. Uh, Missouri, which they were not ready for it. I don't think anyone had seen Alabama press up to this point. And it was really well-designed press as well to trap, make hard passes. And, you know, I thought there was some times where it looked like we were ready to jump passing lanes and we just weren't there in time. So I thought it was really well-designed. Um, but I would like to see it incorporated some. It's also just it's depend on matchups who you're playing against um, and the personnel you have on the floor. Um, if, you, if you're playing against a team that's kind of dictating the pace, I would like to see it instituted a little bit as well. I think that can really throw teams off. It can also allow you to get turnovers, dictate the pace yourself, and you can get back into your man-to-man half court from there. So it's, it's a yes and no answer. Um, it's one of those things to where I'm just going to say Oates knows what he's doing with this, and I trust that he's going to implement it when we need it, and he's going to draw back into the half court whenever he thinks it's best as well. Yeah, I mean, I don't think you can criticize anything about Alabama's defense this year. I mean, even yesterday, from the in the last 30 minutes of the game, their defense was incredible. I mean, I think Missouri had 32 points at the eight-minute mark um, of the first half. Um, and then they scored, uh, you know, 36 the rest of the way. So um, Alabama really locked it down um, in the second half and the end of the first half. Um, but, I, I mean, you know, I can see where people are coming from with the pressing thing. And it has been an issue. Alabama's gotten called in some half-court games. I mean, you just look at the point totals um, of their last four games compared to previous um, and the number of possessions. You know, teams have been successful in getting Alabama into half court. You know, the transition opportunities aren't there as much. Um, and Alabama's having to play in the half court a lot. And I think that's why you've seen their offensive efficiency take a little bit of a nosedive. But, you know, Oates is not going to become a pressing team. Um, or, you know, Alabama's not going to become a pressing team. Um, you know, like Oates said on that podcast, you know, he doesn't really believe in it right now. Um, same way with offense, he's you're never going to see him running like a full motion offense or uh, any kind of continuity, you know. And you know, I'm fine with that. I mean, Alabama, like I said, they've been elite defensively. Um, why change it up? Do I think yeah. that you know, maybe at the end of a um, or you know, coming out of a media timeout or at the end of a half, yeah, you know, maybe 
you know, throw it in every now and then to maybe force a turnover. Um, because I do think that they're well suited for it. I mean, but um, yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't think they need to do anything where they're pressing on 25% of their possessions or something crazy like that. I mean, I think that they're fine defensively where they are. Um, so it was, it was fun to see. It definitely fueled the run. Um, Mizzou contributed to a lot of that. They really fell apart in the last five minutes of the game. But um, so, yeah, it was fun to watch, but I don't think you'll see a ton of that going forward. I could be wrong, but I think that um, that's just kind of a thing that, you know, you save for the end of the game when you need it. Um, someone said, why does our finishing at the rim seem so subpar uh, compared to other teams? Um, and then he asked, what seed do we think we'll end up with? Uh, I don't really care to talk about that because, you know, there's seven games left. Um, that'll shake out how it's going to shake out. <clears throat> but as far as that, I think you know, it's kind of like what we talked about earlier, we're just not getting the clean looks at the rim right now because um, the way teams are defending us. Um, also, we've got guys that struggle finishing at the rim, you know, for all Herb's um, great qualities. That's always been something he struggled with. You know, we talked about Shaq struggling with it. You know, everybody's a little guilty of it. Um, it's kind of been a thing for this team. You know, they're very average at two-point percentage. And when you think about where all their twos come from, um, that's, that's you know, that is concerning. When you think about how many shots they take at the rim, um, for them to be, for their two-point percentage to be right now at, for the entire season, under 50%, which is 184th. Um, so, like, dead smack in the middle average. Um, you know, that is that is kind of eye-opening when you think about all the shots they take at the rim. Um, so, Matt, what do you think about Alabama at the rim? Um, how can they improve that? Do you think it's just – it is what it is at this point? Yeah, just one thing about the seating question first. Watch the CBS show Saturday morning. It'll tell you where we are seating-wise. Um, and yes. we'll know moving forward. So, that can address that for moving forward for right now. Um, as far as the rim question goes, it is a little concerning, as you said. I think a big reason that it's a struggle is – there's a lot of times where Alabama shies away from contact at the rim. When you're shying away from contact, the refs aren't going to bail you out because you're not going up strong. And you have a much lower percentage shot of making it at that point. Because you're, you know, there's a lot of times where, you know, let's use Jeremiah Tillman, for example, just because we just played him. He's going up. He's pretty vertical for the most part. He's so big that he doesn't have to worry about not being vertical. We're, let's say he's on our right side. We're fading away to the left and kind of throwing up over our head with our left hand. Those aren't high-quality shots. You're not going to make a lot of shots when you're shying away from contact like that. So I think that's one of the main reasons um, that you're seeing such a struggle at the rim. And then, like you said, the other part of it is just some of the guys driving to the rim aren't great finishers consistently. You know, there's times where you're going to see them go seven of eight at the rim. There's going to be times where you're going to see them two of eight at the rim. And it's just kind of – it is what it is at this point. But I think the only way you can really improve it is just making sure you go up strong. Hope that the ref will bail you out if you do go up strong. And if not, you at least gave your best effort rather than a low-quality shot at the rim. Yeah, and, I, you know, some numbers that kind of back this up. So, in SEC play, um, so now that's this is 11 games of data. Um, they're seventh in two-point percentage, so right in the middle. Um, they are 12th in free throw rate, um, so they're not getting to the free throw line a bunch. Um, and then they are dead last in block offensive block percentage, so the number of shots – that they have blocked. So 17% of Alabama's shots in SEC play have been blocked. So that just kind of goes to show you um, Alabama struggles at the rim. And I want to say that was an issue last year. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, they were, gosh, they were 343rd in block percentage um, and 12th in the SEC. So they're getting, you know, teams are taking away the rim a lot. Um, so, yeah, I do think that's an issue. Um, I don't know how you – I do think that will get a little bit better next year with a certain prospect coming in. But I don't, I don't know how you um, – I don't know how you go about fixing that. I mean, I think you just – you've – you got to, like you said, you can't shy away from contact. You got to go into the contact. Um, I think they need to place more of an emphasis on getting to the foul line. Yeah. Especially with some of the struggles that they've had offensively, you know, take the ball in, you know, with a purpose, um, you can go to the rim. I thought the guy that did that as good as anybody, I think he was the only one that had a two point percentage over 50%. Yesterday was Keon Ellis. Yeah. I mean, he's the, I mean, believe it or not, with all the guys Alabama has, I wanted the ball in his hands at the end. You know, I wanted him, uh, go into the rim because as athletic as he is, as you know, he's a very he's physical when he's got the ball. Um, you know, I thought he was. I thought he did a great job going to the rim. You know, he kind of fueled that run at the end with his defense, and then um, you know, I think he might have even been fouled on the end one, or not on the end one, but could have been an end one yeah. uh, on yeah. the shot that brought it to within one. You know, Tillman kind of just swiped down at him. You know, and they just let it go. Um, you know, I don't want to complain about the refs. Um, Got some tweets about that. Apparently, I complained about the refs. Um, but uh, I'm not complaining about the refs. Alabama lost for a myriad of reasons. Um, but I, I thought that's something Keon's good at. But it is something that, you know, some of Alabama's players need to get a handle on. Um, so I think that's all the questions um, that we can answer now. But I do want to talk a little bit about South Carolina before we go. Um, they got beat at home by Mississippi State by 16, um, which happened right after they won at Florida. So, you know, you try and figure – so their last three games, they've lost to Vanderbilt, beat Florida on the road, and then lost at home to Mississippi State. Um, so kind of hard to predict what South Carolina is going to – how they're going to show up on Tuesday. Um, I think they've played the least amount of games in the SEC of anybody. They're five and seven. Um, their Kimpon projects them to lose the rest of their games right now. Um, but some just some things about South Carolina. They're going to play fast. Um, that may sound weird when you think of a Frank Martin team, but he's really um, they've really turned up the tempo in the last couple of years. Um, they're going to play fast. And they're going to hit the glass uh, on the offensive boards. Other than that, they're pretty bad offensively. Um, they can't shoot. Um, They've got some decent players, uh, but they just don't – they can't really score, and they're very average defensively. Matt, I know you talked about A.J. Lawson. Is there anybody else that um, South Carolina has that, you know, can maybe uh, give Alabama some issues? Um, not really. Maybe Keyshawn Bryant attacking the offensive boards. He's pretty good at that. Uh, freak athlete. I could see – you know, most of South Carolina's offense is going to come on fast break opportunities. So it's going to come down to more – Alabama taking smart shots and not turning the ball over, I think. I think that's the best way to attack South Carolina. And the half court, I mean, they're pretty abysmal for the most part. Um, now that I said that, they're going to go for 90 tomorrow. So you're welcome, everybody. Uh, or not tomorrow, Tuesday. Um, yeah. But, I mean, A.J. Lawson, he's – I mean, he's a shot maker in a sense. Um, he's going to take a lot from mid-range. And just, he's really – they're going to try to get to the rim. Um, they're going to try to get rim shots. And whenever they miss them, they're going to try to get offensive boards and – just kind of beat you that way. Um, they're really athletic. They're going to try to turn you over on defense. They're going to trust their individual defenders, I think, and not help off shooters. 
which is something we've seen for the past few games now. Um, so it's it's an interesting matchup, but I think this is a like you said, they're a team you can't really figure out. You lose to Vandy. You don't just lose to Vandy. You lose by double digits to Vandy. Um, you beat Florida on the road, and then you come back and lay an egg against Mississippi State, who tried to fight you pregame. I mean, this is a Frank Martin team. If whenever I saw that happen, I had bet Mississippi State money line because it they were underdogs for some reason against a bad South Carolina team. And then I see them try to fight South Carolina pregame. I thought I made a dumb bet at that point. And then Mississippi State just blitzes them. That that's not characteristic for a Frank Martin team. But I, the yeah. South Carolina team is just they're just not good. It's simple as that. Yeah, I mean they're kind of different is in that they're they're going to try to run with Alabama. Um, I don't see that working out for them just because they can't score at the rate that Alabama can. Um, so maybe this is a game where Alabama gets back on track um, offensively. Um, so I think that that'll be good for Alabama. Um, but with that said, they can't, they're not going to be able to just show up and beat them. Um, even though it's at home or it's on the road, actually, that's my fault. Um, mm-hmm. it, it, even with that, you know, it's tough. Um, it's tough to win on the road in the SEC. Like we saw that yesterday, you know, I thought that was a game Alabama was going to win. Um, and then they didn't, you know, they didn't really show up ready to play in the first. And, you know, they, they basically lost the game because of the first eight minutes. Um, you know, if you have a bad eight minutes, five minutes, ten minutes, it can cost you a game. Um, so, you know, South Carolina is capable. Like you said, they've got, they've got some really good players. They're going to shoot a lot of threes, um, and they're going to play fast. So, you know, I think that's uh, – is that a recipe for an upset? Maybe, maybe not. But it's a game Alabama can't just show up and win. You know, they're going to have to uh, play better than they did yesterday. I hope that they take care of the ball more. I hope they place an emphasis on that. And I hope they try to, you know, get to the foul line some, um, you know, make some plays at the rim because that's what Alabama has been struggling with lately. Uh, So, Matt, give me uh, some things you're looking for in this game and uh, a prediction on Tuesday at South Carolina. Yeah, so the things I'm looking for, kind of what you just laid out, I want to see Alabama get to the rim and draw fouls. Um, you know, we talk a lot about attacking with a purpose. Go into the contact. South Carolina is a team that they're going to foul early and often. Um, it's a Frank Martin team. They seem to always do this, and it seems like refs always have it out for Frank Martin teams. So go right at the rim, draw fouls. Um, it, Alabama did a really good job multiple games this year getting key defenders in foul trouble. They did it with Eves Ponds. They did it with um, – you know, I'm blanking on the name now. Someone from Kentucky, don't remember. Keon Brooks, that's who it was. They do a really good job of getting key players in foul trouble at times, and it seems like that hasn't happened quite as much as it did earlier on in SEC play. Um, so I'd like to see them go at Keyshawn Bryant, try to get him in foul trouble, go at A.J. Lawson, see if you can pick up a couple early fouls on him um, and get to the line. you got to take care of the ball. If you give South Carolina a lot of transition opportunities, it's going to be a tougher game than it should be. Um, so that's, that's one of the keys, move the ball around, take smart shots. I don't think, like you said, South Carolina's going to try to run with the ball. They're going to try to keep up with the pace. I don't think it's going to go well for them. Ken Palm has this as an 81-71 win. I honestly don't know that South Carolina's going to score that much, just because I do believe that Oates is going to the drawing board with the offense. He's going to clean up some of the early mistakes. I think Alabama's going to come out hungry from this one. You know, you've lost two of your last three after winning, what, 11 of – 12 or something like that. Yeah. Uh, so I think that you're going to see a hungry Alabama team who's going back to doing the hunting, as Herb Jones would say. Um, so I, I'm going to go with Alabama 85 to 68. Big win here. I think it gets the offense back on track, and I think they're going to play really motivated in this one. 
yeah, this is a South Carolina team that Auburn hung 109 points on. Um, so, uh, you know, and we talk about how fast they're going to play. Alabama's going to have to shore up the transition defense. That was a really disappointing aspect of Saturday's game of Missouri. Um, even after Alabama makes, they were getting beat down the floor. Um, you know, that's, you know, for somebody to play, you know, beat, out, beat Alabama down the floor, you know, we're used to seeing Alabama do that to opponents. Um, yeah. So I think that was kind of like some mental lapses that they had. Um, you know, don't get beat down the floor on makes and don't get beat down the floor on misses. Um, you know, if Alabama's turning it over and giving South Carolina easy buckets, that's the last thing you want to do. You know, make them score on you in the half court um, because they're going to struggle um, if you do that. So if Alabama takes care of the ball, um, you know, if they get back to playing, um, you know, I thought – I, like I said, I don't think they played bad defensively yesterday. You know, they actually played good defensively. Um, yeah. But there were some lapses, you know, whether for some individuals, you know, you saw some guys gambling at some plays they shouldn't make, some, uh, you know, undisciplined closeouts, letting guys get past them. You know, I think they need to take some more pride in their defense um, and lock it down, uh, you know, play better individually on the defensive end. You know, that's something I'm looking for in the game. Um, so I, I'm with you. I think that Alabama is going to put up a lot more points than we've seen the past few games. I think it's going to be a faster game with some more possessions. Um, I think Alabama is going to win at 86 to 70. Um, so you think you said a 17 point win. I said a 16 point win. Um, I think Alabama gets back on track in this one. I think South Carolina can't score with Alabama. I think it's going to be a faster game. Um, hopefully Alabama is able to get some more offense going. Um, and I fully expect them to. So that's all we've got. Thanks for all the questions. That was a really fun episode. You know, really like to, you know, see what you guys are wanting to know. Um, and we try to answer the best of our abilities. We don't know everything, obviously. Um, but we, it was fun to, uh, you know, kind of interact a little bit. So we will see you guys next time.